This is CorridorCast, and you're listening to NPR. Sorry, I'm just practicing for if this show gets really huge. Uh, this is Kelsey. This is CorridorCast. This week's guest is the O6. The very warm and wonderful women of the O6 had me over uh, a little while ago. So um, there's some updates to what we talk about here. Uh, first and foremost, their next show is at the Dewdrop Inn in Washington, D.C. on December 21st. Check them out. They're a lot of fun live. It's going to be a good show. And the other thing is we talk a lot on this episode about their nonprofit record label project called This Could Go Boom. There's just two days left on their Indiegogo campaign to support it. They've surpassed their goal, but a project like this is going to need all the support it can get. So check that out. Google This Could Go Boom Indiegogo. And, uh, You'll hear in detail about what it's about, but just to give you a little context up front, this is a a nonprofit record label that is specializing in representing uh, voices that don't always get heard. Uh, women, trans women, uh, women of color, all, all sorts of people that may not be the first in line for record deals. So I love this idea. I'm so glad to be able to spread the message and check that out for sure. And then just a quick Santa Labrada note before I play our conversation. Our next show is going to be the Jam Session Benefit for Lung Cancer Patients. That's at the sidebar on November 17th. It's coming up soon. I hope to see you all there. Lastly, as always, send me your music. Send me your recommendations. It's corridorcast at gmail.com. There's a Corridorcast Facebook. And you can get me on Twitter at Kelsey on Guitar. K-E-L-S-I on guitar. All right, so let's get to the 06. And again, I want to thank them for their hospitality. They really made me feel like one of the tribe. And it was so good talking to them. So uh, be sure to keep an eye on what they're doing and support this could go boom. So 06 doesn't have any official recordings out quite yet. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play you a song called Diving Intervention that I recorded uh, when San Labrada played a show with them last month. Hope you enjoy it. This is Diving Intervention, and then you'll hear the conversation with the 06. Thank you. 
like birth name. Mm-hmm. <gasps> it is. Or is it adopted? <laughs> yeah. Adopted name. Stage name. But it's actually his yeah, His yeah. real name was Sarah with an H. <laughs> is it just... Is it just <laughs> Casey spelled with a K. <laughs> My baloney has a nom de plume. <laughs> and welcome to the podcast. Yeah, right? Oh, I'm leaving that in for sure. You're like, let me start over. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. That would be like such a great... That would be... <laughs> It'd be a really great advertisement for like some like vegan meat. <laughs> I need to write that down. Is it OS? It's I said OSCAR. It's OSKAR. Yeah. No. What? No. Yeah, but it's don't yeah, right? don't pull the bear and stay bears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't do it. No. <laughs> and do you need a good man is in attendance. But no, I don't. I can just be so. Are we starting? We could. <laughs> we make sure I'm going. Um, all right, we'll do the official start. I don't know if I'll leave that in. It was pretty silly. We'll see how I feel. Um, <laughs> welcome to Corridor Cast. We're here with the 06. Thanks. I really appreciate this. This has been such a fun night. Uh, thanks for feeding me delicious food. Thanks for letting me hang out with you guys. I really feel like I got to know you guys a little bit. Um, but let's let the listeners get to know you guys. Can we go around and just say your name and what you play? We'll start with you, Mara. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. <laughs> My name is Era, and I play guitar. My name is Selena, and I play guitar. My name is Erin. I play guitar, keys, and a little bit of banjo. Robsy True Love, and I hit things. <laughs> I play drums. <laughs> A.K.A. drums. Um, yeah, so this has been a lot of fun again. Thanks. Um, I think to start with, let's talk about how you guys became a band, because you guys have a lot of history with other groups, and you know you still play with other bands, I understand. So how did this particular formation happen? How did you guys meet each other? I think it was all era. Down with the Villain Insane when we played together, right? <laughs> Oh my gosh, there's so many layers. So many layers. Or first and foremost, friends. Mm -hmm. So that will last long beyond the 06. But um, I think that it was was sort of multi-layered and it happened at different times. I had met Erin at Jam and Java and you were doing a feminista. I did a music panel that was just to discuss like feminist issues and music in the DCC, and, like several years ago. This, but even after that, you were yeah. doing like a you were. Oh yeah, it was a performance. That's where we met. I've been. That's actually where we met. Yeah, and then I had sort of been pseudo stalking Selena. I was about to say <laughs> that's our it origin happens. story. Yeah, it happens. because it was Derek who mentioned you on WERA, and I was listening one day, and I heard on I heard her on the radio. Her band, Moran and FM, and she blew my mind. But really, to shorten the story, Erin um, and I were at Sixteenth Street House at one of her house shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, the legendary 16th Street House, and we was late at night, and we were just sort of shooting off of the mouth. And Aaron said, "Like, oh, I would love to be in a band with." I don't, I don't know how it happened. Did I say like I'm so sick of these guys? <laughs> <laughs> that happens. Yeah. I mean, I love the guys. I, I won't. I mean, guys. No, I love the just guys. having to be yeah, in bands with them. Is I personally am one woman in a band with three other guys, and let me just tell you. Oh God, 
I know who farted. Like, I, it's like, it's like, I know which one of you. I'm like, you should never have to. Yeah, and it's like, after all the hours in vans with the same dudes, it's like, that was Jay. That so, was Charles. Joey, goddamn, wind the windows down. I do think, I think that era kind of, like, like we said, we, we had the seed of an idea of, like, let's, what would it look like if we got some of our favorite um, women musicians around here to like play together and we we had a couple of jam sessions uh, but we had some ideas about who we wanted to reach out to and um, I mean I think that so Era stalked Selena and I invited Selena to play at my house and then it was her birthday and I very like shyly and dorkily gave her like she gave me colored pencils these like colored <laughs> pencils because I was like she's so cool that's a great birthday present it was wonderful I, I geeked out about it to my drummer Anjali and my other band I was like oh my god she gave me something she doesn't even know me it was even, even before the colored pencils because Aaron and I were sort of gushing over Selena and I that I would be in a, in a band with Selena like any day of the week and three Sundays and and you were like oh my gosh yes and so we were all friends at that point we we had this like mutual admiration for one another but hadn't really talked about it yet but when you and I talked that night and I remember sort of putting that bug in Selena's ear and Selena and I met at Woman in E and Maya was also no Maya wasn't part of that somebody else no, but she was sort of at the same time. Okay. So it's sort of this... Then this we met, or we had talked about, like, Robsy, who we met the same night, but you had left early, and then I met her afterwards, and then we're like, yes. We and that was like right. nine months later. So th- this is the beauty of it, is that the scene right now is, like, really electrifying, mm-hmm. and there oh, are so yeah. many phenomenal Sexy. women. Yeah. And I don't know how we lucked out. But I know you said we were talking about our favorite female um, musicians at the moment, but I was actually thinking of period, like, no, hold spot, my favorite musicians at the moment. And they just happen to be all female just because we've been so culturated to the male sound for so many years. I mean, I didn't even notice it, but we've just been bombarded by the maleness of the music industry. I mean, I turned on DC, I don't mean to throw anyone on the bus, but DC 101 today, and I, because my son wanted to listen to music, and I sort of jokingly said, oh, no, we're going to listen to dudes for 30 minutes, <laughs> and all the way home, I didn't hear a single female voice. Yeah. So, right now, it's, it's special. And so it took no effort to say, well, yeah, I want to play with these women, and I think we said it half-jokingly, but... Kind of. I mean, it was just for fun. It was like a jam session. I think that part of it grew out of the fact that we had had several meetings with each other and with other women where we were kind of like, do y'all ever jam? Like, I never jam. And the reason that I never jam is because I don't feel like I can walk into a room without my A-game. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like I have to be prepared Mm -hmm. um, to be taken seriously. And I, I got that from a lot of other people. And so we kind of, it kind of started from this point of like wanting to create a safe space to explore music in that way. Um, Just because like we were all people who had a lot of experience in music, but hadn't done a lot of just carefree sort of like, 
let's just throw ideas around. Let's just really put ourselves out there and not worry about how it's going to be taken. So we did a little bit of that and then brought, pulled in a couple of people that we um, thought would be great. So for a while it was, it was Era, Selena, and myself doing a little bit of writing and then we were sitting around thinking we are three guitar players <laughs> there's a lot of guitar <laughs> guitar playing singer songwriters and we're we what we've got here is a band but what in the world can this band be so we, we need to add we need to add a drummer and era um reached out to robsy who came over had a little had a little coffee at my house rock and roll little, and let me just tell you let me just tell you. A little Frangelico. Frangelico. <laughs> that's that's the drink of drummers right there. Well, at every home that I consider one, there's a bottle of Frangelicos for me in the pantry. <laughs> oh, shit. For the record, I brought mine over to Aaron's. That's the one I drank. <laughs> I drank all of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but that day, I showed up, and I'll be honest with you, I was kind of like, what's going on? Like, Aaron's cool, but like, what's this about to be? But to your point, guys, about, like, what you were talking about with needing a safe space to just jam, um, just being able to relate to people and just have just, like, an awesome connection with the people you're playing with. Not that I, again, I'm not I'm not um, crapping on my boys because I love them. Like, I've, I've made some awesome music with Radar and, like, all that. But, but y'all love your boys. <laughs> you guys don't understand that the dialogue you had, I wasn't a part of it because I came later, but, like... It was understood instantly when I said, Erin, what do you, what do you, what do you got to put in this coffee? Erin's <laughs> like, wait a sec, I got you. And then she poured some Frangelico in my coffee. And it was, it was from that point on, I was and part of six, like the rest is history. But um, it didn't need to be said because I think that, that what's awesome for me is like, Era reached out to me. I was on a bus back from New York. Mm-hmm. And by the time I got there, Era had to leave to do some other stuff. And it's just me, Selena, and Aaron, just like, okay, we barely know each other. But this is what's up. <laughs> you also said that you were prepared to say no. I was very prepared to say no because busy. I was so busy, man. Like, Radar had a lot going on. We had just finished up a couple tours. We had a, EP we were working on and like it was just a lot going on for me personally so um I was honestly prepared to be like you guys are really cool (laughs) but (laughs) but um I may have to sit this one out and just support it in other ways or something but after hanging out with Selena and Aaron oh my god and then and then listening to the songs they were working on. <laughs> Dude, it was like, it was magic. I felt this kindling and I love energy. I just go like this. Mm. And when it just feels great. She's making like what? Money fingers? Can we call them money fingers? Smoney. 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 If, if, if Maya was here, if Maya was here, Maya get it. She'd be doing it. Maya's our base Smoney. Smoney. Um, they were Smoney. And um, I said, I said, Erin, what you drinking? And that was it. But um, it was really awesome because I think it's kind of interesting listening to... Because honestly, we haven't had this in-depth of a conversation that much. Like, we've had other in-depth conversations necessary to, like, being 06. But... Um, or the 06. But we haven't... Like, hearing them tell their side of this whole thing is really awesome. Because for me, it was kind of just an instant understanding when I walked in that room and saw Celine and Aaron. The minute I saw them, I was like, something's up. So it was a chemistry. Sit down, Robbie. Yeah, it's definitely a chemistry. And I think that it's that each of us kind of like, found that. Sit your ass down. Found something 
being fulfilled that we didn't know that we needed. I didn't know. Can you put a name on that? What what was it? Man. So, I feel in some ways that, like, we have to talk about our name to, like, talk about what that feels like. Mm -hmm. Um, So, our name, the 06, I don't even really remember how we arrived at it, but it it just fit so well that we immediately were like, yes, that's it. You. Um, It's named after this alpha female wolf who was kind of an anomaly in the Lamar pack in Yosemite. And she was named the 0606 because she was born in 2006. Um, she was slightly large for a female and could like take down an elk by herself, which is unusual really for any wolf. Mm-hmm. And she um, was able to put her own pack together. She chose two younger males as mates instead of operating with sort of a typical like alpha male, alpha female pack. And she basically created a very successful pack that was completely unorthodox that um, sort of revolved around her sort of teaching her skills to everybody else in the pack. And and most of the wolves in that Lamar pack are are descendants of hers today. She was killed by a hunter, unfortunately, leaving the park. Male hunter. But, that could be a movie. That's sad, though. Yeah, yeah. So a fascinating, fascinating wolf, and especially to kind of appear at this time in history. And so I feel like part of part of it is that there's this just synthesis of belonging and of everyone constantly moving into give what they need to give and then pulling back and then the, the next person moving in. It's just a very natural flow of talent and resources and energy and skill it's supportive um and because of that it's just got a lot of energy and a lot of flow that's going it's showcasing individual talents but it's also encompassing something that's just bigger than any of us individually Mm -hmm. wow that's amazing it sounds like the name really fits too yeah so it sounds like the um the decision to have an all-female band was very intentional. Can you uh, talk to me a little more about, like, you kind of mentioned a little bit why that you felt that was necessary, but um, maybe you want to elaborate a little more on that? I don't know who yeah. wants to take that one. <laughs> I mean, I think I just wanted something that was different, a different feel than um, my other main project is Fuzz Queen, which is, I, like, Robsy, I love my other band, too. <laughs> um, but that's a, that's a band that I do with my husband, and... Um, also Ben and Clinton and Selena's in that band too now. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> that I just just to chime oh, yeah. in really quick is that like the O six is not to take away any ground from like what we understand and feel and enjoy about like the male energy. Mm-hmm. It's about giving voice to the female energy that is awesome too. And quite frankly, the O six, I think you know, and this is just based off of feedback I've gotten from very frank and awesome friends, is that, like, it kind of displays, like, for, for, for us, like, it displays how the female forces in creating frequencies together can, like, make you have a good time. <laughs> nice. Well, you guys, I mean, it's also, like, there's that cerebral element of why you're doing this, but also you guys put on a great show. I was fortunate enough to get to play with you guys on Friday. So um, I guess we can kind of switch tracks a little bit, unless there's any more you want to add to that, to the, the songwriting. 
Um, but I don't want to cut anybody off. Does anybody have more thoughts about the... Uh... About songwriting? I, the only thing I'd like to say is that we're all contributing songwriters. Okay. But this feels different from a lot of other bands to me because there really and truly isn't one focal point yeah. sort yeah. of yeah. writer. We are all writing. Mm-hmm. We're all contributing. Um, right now, three of us are singing, but at some point, it will probably be more mm-hmm. of us. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a um, share the power sort of situation as far as, as writing and playing goes. I will jump back for a microsecond to go forward. Uh, we're missing one component here, and that's Maya. Yeah, we should give her um, a shout out. Here's the last Maya. person. And it is important to mention that four of the five of us are, well, all of us have other projects. Um, several of us have multiple projects. Um, City Witch, Fuzz Queen, Radar, Morian and FM, and multiple. Honey Kill, uh, and Maya has uh, Sonic Eddie and uh, Pagan Reagan. And I think that four out of the five of us have other groups that are at least 50% male. And what's kind of beautiful about the 06, because of the culture in D.C. right now, the, in the music scene, is that I love sitting back and watching our showcases, actually, that we have monthly at the you drop in, um, and seeing just as many guys as women and that sounds odd to point out but it's actually incredibly unique to see an audience that's equal where there's parity um studies have been done where people think oh yeah there were just as many guys as there were women but in actuality people can see as few as like 15 to 20 some odd percent women and think there's actually parity in an audience. Oh, so they see an amount and they think it's more. Yeah, and it's actually not. Because there's some. (laughs) Because there's some women. There's There's some, it's good. Yeah. (laughs) It's actually not. Um, But we are in a very special place to to give all props to what we call our our allies, which are really also our our close friends, Um, that it makes a difference Obviously, when people listen to women's voices, and I think that's, I mean, at the risk of being a broken record, that's never more evident than right now as to the importance of it. Um, and so I'm really proud that at our shows, there are an equal representation of fans and music lovers and musicians. Um, and I think that that's mm-hmm. really important. I, it struck me last month when I was looking through the crowd and saw that kind of parody in the audience and people, you know, a lot of men wearing our shirts. Um, and I think it's unusual and it's special. Do you find you get a different reaction between the male and female audience? Um, or does, do you play differently? To... No, I haven't. So we're a really new band. We've only been playing since June. That's true. So maybe yeah. that's something that like we will notice down the line, but like, Really and truly, like, what I've noticed that I've just loved is an excitement and an energy and, like, really, like, people having fun and feeling a lot of, like, just power and energy happening Mm -hmm. at shows, which is just great. People dancing, like, crazy line (laughs) dancing. (laughs) There was this lovely dancing the other night. That was awesome. Yeah. And we were, there was that one show where, like, sometimes we are in the moment and we sort of 
bond through certain gestures and sounds. We howl a lot. We howl we sometimes howl at the moon. We, show. we howl at the moon. And note that this does not mean you can moon us and we will howl. What it means is yes, that, no clarification. You know, one reason why we specifically and particularly love the Dew Drop Inn is not just because it's a really cool place and has great acoustics, mm-hmm. but um, train spotting, hello. There's something about that. If a train passes by, me and Maya just kind of have a moment like, do you moon? (laughs) Well, I wish I could while drumming, right? Um, But no, no. I think that it's about energy. And um, there's a certain frequency that is released when the 06 plays that I think Mm -hmm. um, brings some solidarity because of our intentions. Like, all we want to do is rock out. Mm -hmm. And if you want to rock out, we're all rocking out. I mean, it's a good time for everybody, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And the idea is to kind of like, I think that it's pretty awesome that five women can get up as a band called the 06. <laughs> and the people are really excited about it. And I think that that has a lot, you know, I think that speaks to what the scene needs right now. Because one conversation all of us have had, like, for a while is, wow, well, that was a lot of people at that show. Or, wow, we weren't expecting that kind of reaction at that show. We always have this. And it's not. And I, I notice it because I love my bandmates. I'm like, you guys are so humble. <laughs> um, but it's not just that. I think it's also just the, like, being taken aback at the um, reaction and being like, wait a minute. Are we, like, feeding a starving bear? Mm. Yeah, you know what? I you know, we that... really have that freak out a lot. Like, are we yeah. feeding a starving bear? Some of that energy, like I was saying, of like that idea of being able to like feel safe and like let loose, like in our writing and in our sessions together, that's what I feel sometimes like in the room with everyone. Because like DC, I love DC, I love the DC music scene, but DC sometimes notoriously has had a very stoic audience. Like that's a thing. <laughs> yeah, it is. And we yeah. don't experience that at all. <laughs> Never. <laughs> and I actually really love that. There's something like so innocent and open and amazing about I love seeing people like howl with us and like scream (laughs) and like dance and just have a really really good time and not worry like I feel like it's a warm safe energy and that's very very cool and the fact that that's not gender specific I think says speaks volumes that I think that when you talk about like that bear is not female identifying necessarily I think I think that the music scene needs this and I don't think necessarily that we're doing anything new but I think in aggregate reminding music lovers that music really doesn't have a gender necessarily um, is important because we see it in our friends and our fans and I can't believe we have fans. Like, it blows my mind. <laughs> the, the, something good, for sure. Uh, talk to me a little bit about the DC scene. Um, you know, I, I spent most of my time playing around Baltimore. Um, mm-hmm. It's still pretty new to me, even though I'm talking to awesome bands like you guys. Uh, but what? where do you fit into the scene? Do you have a sense of where I might be going? Um, you push me. Don't push me. <laughs> you push me. <laughs> We're really lucky because we have a lot of amazing bands here. Yeah. Mm. Um, And I think we were talking about earlier about it's weird, DC and Baltimore being so close, but there's such a weird divide there. And I used to, I played an Agrilaut that was a Baltimore band, 
and seeing the different like groups and stations of where people play and it's weird DC has that to a little bit low extent but sometimes we'll be playing with like the more jammy type funk bands we'll be playing with some more like progressive hard rock bands and they're all on the same bill and they're all friends and it's I I don't know there's this like Mm -hmm. community that keeps branching out in DC and getting wider and wider and the genre of music doesn't even matter anymore Mm -hmm. because you know everyone's just supporting each other it's Mm -hmm. cool and that's something we try to do with like we've been putting together showcases um, with different bands just pulling together bands that we really like and we've been really focused on pulling together bands from different genres and pulling together bands like from Baltimore or from Philly or um, we're gonna have a Richmond band up just because like we want there to be more exchange like they're just we're we're just so fortunate to live in a region that's got just a wealth of amazingly talented artists yeah. mm-hmm. and Philly's not that far either you it's feel not, like there it's really more crossover. Yeah. yeah I love playing in Philly um The other thing, too, is I think that people tend to think of the D.C. scene itself, like, outside of, like, the immediate area as very political and coming from a certain tradition. Um, I think a lot of articles about the D.C. scene from outside perspectives or, you know, they're always bringing in Fugazi this, so-and-so that, and it's just, like, people still have the idea that the D.C. Mm -hmm. music scene is stuck in the hardcore punk scene that it was. You know? Right. right. And those bands are great, but that was like yeah, literally exactly. a generation yeah, ago. Right. That was exactly. a full generation. Well, and also, I mean, those bands, to their credit, like, they played with go-go bands. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And that's something that was never really exported beyond DC yeah. as much. And I think that that's something that we're seeing more and more is that there's just, like, not only do we have a wealth of great bands, like, we really have a diversity of sound. Mm-hmm. And we have that coming from like every corner of the city it's not really relegated to like one group of people or one type of music and I just I really enjoy seeing shows that showcase that showcase like all of the sounds of the area and how they synthesize because like thinking about going back to that sort of like political punk idea it's like you know we we actually address some of that stuff in our songwriting but like I feel like for me, this is like a cutting loose of kind of like exploring the sides of that that are like joyful and mm-hmm. magical and witchy and <laughs> spiritual and not necessarily just the, hey, I have a social issue. I need to address it. <laughs> right. You know <laughs> Which what? is also like, important. But. No, yeah, to go on there, Erin, like honestly, thank you for saying all of that as somebody born and raised in the D.C. area. You know, one thing that I really absolutely love about the 06 also is that we come from bands that all address all these things like Mm -hmm. anybody who's been to a radar show and heard us play the song rage you will hear a bounce beat like you Mm -hmm. will like we did not skimp on the go-go elements in radar and like um i think that all of our bands kind of do that to some degrees like kind of like pay homage to what dc has offered like rock in general not just Mm -hmm. punk or heavy or whatever like go-go whatever we've all kind of like pulled on something that we've gained from being in Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. jurisdiction Mm -hmm. but also we pull from what it means to be in like the most powerful city in the world like Mm -hmm. we there's an energy here we gotta admit it like 
as much as I want to be like, I'm just doing this thing. Mm-hmm. I wish I was just doing this thing, but I'm doing this thing that I want to do with this energy that I'm that I'm being drawn to that's saying, hey, Robzy, like, this is bigger than you. Like, mm-hmm. you're going to be busy and you're going to be stressed out and you're going to be tired and you're burning both candles. Like, you're, you're burning like, one candle. Printing shirts at four in the morning. Right. <laughs> printing shirts at four in the morning is right. And it's like, it's worth it because not only is the energy that you're doing it in, like, making it fun and worth your while, but, like, why you're doing it. Um, the audience that you're creating and capable of creating. The channels that you have access to that maybe somebody mm-hmm. else does it in some small town in some random place. Like, you can inspire them to maybe build even a bigger table to sit at because, you know what, we're over here with our pals building, like, this awesome table right under the National mm-hmm. Monument. Mm-hmm. And I at a risk saying maybe smoking a joint or two and like <laughs> at another risk DC. saying that like DC. you could do that right yeah. right 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 um nothing incriminating at all maybe having a glass of wine but the point is like who, who are you inspiring when you do it is like the point you know like give me i want the most i want the most talented people who probably don't even know or think they're talented to just like come on out to a show or something and dance with me. Like we might make a song together or something like that is so true. Like the power of like, I feel like we have a community. Like I feel like a community has like every time we like look out into an audience, like it doesn't just feel like an audience. Like it feels like a community and like people are constantly like we noticed we, I mean, this started in, with within our own band where like we'd be like oh like well we need to do this and my will be like oh well, I'm a silk screener <laughs> and we're like oh and then like Selena's like well I'm a graphic designer and we're like oh that's cool <laughs> so like it just like people keep coming forward and then that just like that widened it's like the spiral that spirals out like from the band where people were like wait I can I can do this like I would love to do this to kind of like showcase what's going on and it's just like just lovely beautiful excitement that showcases everyone and what I really like about it is that I feel like a lot of times a lot of us feel um powerless like it's easy to pinpoint where your powerlessness is um in the system uh because it's very easy to see where there are large pieces of power and then because of that sometimes you forget what your powers are and so I really love seeing that I love seeing people's powers just like Rosie is doing a little dance (laughs) (laughs) like like a light you know like it's like wait I have this and then when we put them all together it becomes something really big maybe the 06 is a prism that shows you your frequency oh inside (laughs) like maybe you're violet Maybe I like red. That's my color. I like oh, red. I like, red. No, no, too. We're on the same wavelength. Like, oh. <laughs> That's um, interesting. Oh, sorry. No, no, you go. It's kind of fascinating because, um, I mean, people have, have speculated there's nothing new anymore. But I feel like we're we're um, part of this beautiful tradition in DC. Like mm-hmm. Chuck Brown was not an anomaly. Fugazi mm-hmm. was not an anomaly. I mean, to the rest of the world. Maybe they epitomize what was grand Roberta Flack. Certain Roberta Flack. I mean, but what's beautiful is that I feel like we're carrying 
this is too grand. I'm not carrying a torch. But we're just continuing a tradition yeah. in D.C. of resistance, even though that's sort of a catchphrase of... <laughs> did not just do that. <laughs> um, I mean, the resistance is nothing new. Yeah. I mean, there's a, re- re- there's a reason that there's pushback in this place. And also from the way that you seem, from what you were saying, uh, Aaron, the way that you seem to approach it is still DIY, which has been a DC thing for forever, you know, Definitely. getting people involved. Mm-hmm. And I went away from DC for a while and that's what I came back for. I went and toured a lot and um, found that I really missed that quality of the DC scene. Just the fact that like people form bands and then they just like make them work and they make them work together and they make them work in a community and they print their own shirts and they print their own zines mm-hmm. and I uh, I wanted to be around that again and I haven't been disappointed at all. Yeah. This is like not conducive to podcasting but this is very much the experience conducive of, to us. We just want to have a meeting. We're O6's as fuck So we'll just like hang out for hours and we'll like practice but also like Yes. Make like an elaborate meal, and then we'll like print shirts or something, or purchase an elaborate meal, or, or no, come up with articles of fucking corporation. Or we'll, yeah, or yeah. go to a mannequin <laughs> store, and then like, like at the end, of or the maybe summer, like get into a property that is for sale, but not really. But and hang out there for like hours, and not breaking, and not trespass at all, yeah. not at all, nope. and not hang out on the trampolines at all. And yeah. I know there was no trespass. But, and then at the end of the and day, we'll be, like, we'll be like, mannequin we'll be like, oh shit, like what did we do? But then we'll be like, oh look, wait, we wrote like three songs. <laughs> we danced at a like, train once. We did dance to <laughs> and then Trains we started fucking magical, man. And it's then weird. we started a nonprofit. It's true. Oh, yeah. no, no, I don't want to It's one of those things where you wake up the I'm next morning this. like, do you want to spend the night? Do I have a golden egg oh, goose? <laughs> but it's not a golden egg goose. It's, it's like it's like it's like an air. Here you got like man. Four. How do you put this I now? I know you're sick. You woke up that morning. But I got to I got to ask. And you said I got to make the ask. Hey universe. I'm going to tomorrow morning. I think that Erin has to be the Hershorn tomorrow morning. But she's talking about Thursday. Oh, I didn't know you have a morning shift. Erin didn't know she had a morning thing. And we're all like Wait a minute. Let's make this work, though. Let's do this podcast. Let's write a song. And maybe let's hash out this one idea about, like, I don't know, demolishing the patriarchy (laughs) that is, like, I don't know, kind of effing things up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, but at the same time, let's enjoy this Indian food and have some wine. (laughs) I like it. And hang out with friends. And maybe we'll go to the thrift store. Maybe that too. And yeah. pick out each other's outfits for the next show. Yeah. That they don't even know they're going to wear, but then they do. $5. Can we talk? And you can totally cut this out, but can we talk about destroying the patriarchy for a moment? Because I feel like a lot of people are going to have a defensive reaction to that. Mm-hmm. And they should, because a lot of us benefit from the patriarchy. Can I just... Well, yeah. Mm, and I feel like that's a very touchy subject, but mm-hmm. it really needs to be dismantled. It's not to hurt anyone. It's like, calm down. Yeah. It's just simply broadening the players in the game. If you're not strong enough to compete with everyone, I'm sorry. But there just is turn into your mom? <laughs> 
there is a place <laughs> her for... mom is fucking ace I heard <laughs> that I'm sorry come out. but there is a place for those of us who just can't but here's the deal is when we broaden the spectrum here for who can play the game mm-hmm. do you still qualify if you don't then of course you'd be pissed yeah but if well, you I do, everybody you would win, but it's just, if you have historically had power, it looks scary. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> Power's so not fun to share. Yeah, and that's kind of what I thought you were talking about within the band, and I agree with that. Like, I mean, like, different members of our band hold power in different ways mm-hmm. than different members, and mm-hmm. that's, like, a thing. I'm very conscious of that. Real quick, Selena, I wanted to circle back with you because you'd played in Baltimore bands and we were talking about where DC is at. So just to kind of jump back, um, what are some of the things you noticed that were different about playing around Baltimore versus playing around DC? Like, do you feel a difference or not so much? Um, it had been a couple years since I played, but I remember, um, like I was saying, there were different scenes and um, as far as I'm still kind of aware there are now you know there are a lot of um there's still like a diy ethic amongst some bands there but i know there's um still a fair amount of like or not say like clicks and stuff like that and there's some of that in dc but i don't i don't know um, so bad words. Wow. <laughs> no, you're too um, fine. <laughs> the point is, if you're kick-ass in Baltimore, we want to play with you. Yes. yes. Sure. So so reach out uh, to us because we're Banners, all in this Banners. together. <laughs> Thomason. Yes. Yes. I agree with Celine's. And guess what else? Mm-hmm. Guess what else? If you have a problem with people being different than you in Baltimore, I won't name names. Don't throw us down the stairs and cause a brawl because DC don't fucks with that. <laughs> what? Did this yeah. happen? Um, <laughs> shout out Trish. Shout out Capoff. We represent and we do not fucks with people who have any kind of uh, issues with people that are gay and mm. um, support gays. Um, but I'm not going to call any names out. I'm just going to say that we've had some pretty interesting experiences in Baltimore. Okay, I mean, if you want to elaborate, I'd be glad to ask you some questions about it, but I don't want you to feel forced. I don't want you to feel forced. So, Osteps actually hasn't played in Baltimore. No. Yeah. We'd like to. Yeah, that, no. we we'll can. have to get, uh, we mean, San we will have to get you guys up there for sure, because that was yeah. a fun show. I love Baltimore. My first band played in Baltimore. We were kind of, we were a UMBC band. Oh, nice. Oh, <laughs> that's yours. Um, yeah. yeah. So we played in Baltimore a lot, and I love that town. Yeah. Well, jumping back then to smashing the patriarchy, which is a very important thing, a very important topic. Um, you guys have uh, this could go boom, the nonprofit, which mm-hmm. I think you alluded to. So I definitely sure, want to get to that. Um, so what is it? How can people get involved? What are you doing? There's a lot of big ideas here. I know. So this could go boom was an idea that we had after sort of sitting around during one of our little brunch times (laughs) thinking like, hey, there've been a lot of people at our shows. Maybe we could like put out a record and maybe we could crowdfund part of it. And it felt flat to us. Like it just felt like that's not enough. Yeah, it just, it felt like, wow, if we did that, we would put out the record and then it would be over. Um, And we wanted to just do something bigger than that. So we just started talking about the work that we'd all done and just the relationships we built with um, different people in the 
in the community and we thought we can maybe use our recording of a new record to launch a record label that would focus on gender marginalized voices and what we kind of mean by that is um, women from all walks of life um, uh, trans people non-binary people intersex people um, and we also mean that a lot of music that's made in the mainstream and even in indie channels is still serves the male gaze to a certain extent that I hear from I hear from artists who um, experience discrimination as women of size or women who are not traditionally considered to be beautiful or um, marketable. Yeah, yeah, people who are not considered marketable for whatever reason. And part of that is because there's also this glaring sort of bias against women as consumers of music. Mm-hmm. I just think about several years ago, a couple of years ago, when um, Pitchfork was bought by Condé Nast, and the, the issued statement was that they were looking to gain their their young male readership. Yeah, white. And, and, yeah, and people Young white male. Yeah, sure. that's exactly right. And people were kind of like, wait, what about all of these other music lovers that are out here? I mean, the fastest demographic in people who are learning to play guitar and buying guitars and taking up guitar, which in other traditional like demographics that have existed before are kind of dying, is, is women. Um, and, and yet the, the efforts by media, mainstream media, sort of traditional record labels, traditional radio, traditional festivals, isn't really echoing the actual data of, of what's going on, of the movement that's going on. And so we thought that we could do something that would um, bring those voices to the forefront, that would offer a space for art that can be added to the greatness of American <laughs> art, the tradition of American art, um, and, and storytelling and narratives that are coming from people who are not cis male. Um, because mm-hmm. I just, it, like even to this past year, like I just remember seeing articles in liberal media saying, oh, everyone's bummed out about Trump winning. This band of four white dudes is gonna save us all. Everybody's like, give me a puppy to pet. I don't even know. Like, really? Like, really? 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 No. This is what we need is more. Chad is gonna save us all. I, I mean, like, I'm sure this band <laughs> is good, but like, too. <laughs> but is this really like what we need? Is more of the same of what we've mm-hmm. been given as the oh. default narrative? Like, we just don't want it to be. People who've been marginalized on the sidelines, tokenized, um, fetishized as far as, like, this is who you are on stage, this is who you need to cater to. Um, I mean, we were all just kind of talking about Dusty Springfield today. Mm-hmm. Um, Change yourself a little bit. Crazy you story. be just, like, palatable, you know. Right, <laughs> about, about the fact that, like, your voice, your talent, your... Your writing, your no, playing but, isn't good enough that it has to be packaged in a way that's going to be acceptable and sexualized for certain people. And we wanted to do something that's going to focus outside of that. So we started, we, we launched a record label. It's called This Could Go Boom. Um, it's a nonprofit entity because we wanted to operate outside of the realm of 
commercialism and outside of having to be beholden to profits or a for-profit board. And we wanted it to be community-based, so we're on the board right now. We have a mandate to expand our board to reflect the community that we serve um, by the end of the first year. And we're there are officers. Yeah. yeah, we're officers right now, and we have two-year term limits, so it's something that we're looking to hand over and to be something that's for our entire community. This is the 06's uh, gift to not just like, no, no, it's not, I, the last thing I want this to seem like is like, hey, Robsy had some wine and is being a dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that yeah, happens. Robsy had some wine and speaks the truth. Like that at all. <laughs> but <laughs> it happens a lot. <laughs> and that's not what's happening right now. What's happening right now is like, this is the 06's way of saying, thank you, man. You know, like, we enjoy getting together at the Pointless Forest and just, like, making some music and making some food. Well, I just eat the food. <laughs> I don't make anything at the Pointless Forest except for drum beats. Except beats. And, like, I'll noises with my mouth and maybe <laughs> other places that I make noise. <laughs> but what the point is here, all right, is that we don't take it lightly that we live in the most powerful area of the world you don't take it lightly i say this as a first generation american from a political family from jamaica and like other people don't like get it but this is a big deal like being from here and everything um we have certain levels of not just power but influence on so many people so many things i've inspired not just my sisters who live in Kingston, uh, but their friends who are very successful in like the capital of the it country of the Caribbean. But it's like, it's like, it's like, it expands more than that. It really does. It's, it's more of a situation where it's like, hey guys, um, what do you think? I actually want to know and I want you to tell me and I'm going to give you a microphone to tell me. It's not just... I'm your friend in the summer, and then when the school year starts, I don't know you. No, this is like I have a I have a freaking like microphone for you to speak into and tell me what is your deal, what is your issue, and we're here to level the playing field because see, humans are very subjective, right? And when power is given to a very small, tiny segment of people. I mean, let me just give you, for example, this one thing. <laughs> Jamaica is a very small island. Mm -hmm. But Bob Marley's ours, and everybody knows who Jamaica is, right? Mm -hmm. African Americans only take up 12% of the U.S. population. I tell my sisters from Kingston, and they're like, wait, what? Blacks are not 50% at least? The difference is your voice. What kind of impact are you making? And so much influence on the culture. I mean, like, the rock how music much, that we play would not exist. Like, How on. much influence are you making on culture? But let me tell you, the difference is this. is like, is somebody giving you the microphone? Like, is somebody giving you the microphone? And that is what made me just fall in love with this project and make me want to be part of it. Is that, like, we have this opportunity here to share a platform. To share, like, what it means to be a woman doing music today and how we can like contribute somehow to like 
the human experience and maybe give somebody who thought they wanted to jump out of a burning building the reason to understand, no, dude, don't jump out of this burning building. You're holding the hose. Like, 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 don't do that. Like, I need you to turn around with your hose and just, like, douse me, man. Douse me. Because I'm burning and I don't want you to jump out. Because guess what? I don't want to jump out. I want you to douse me and we can both dance in the rain. You are fire with the metaphors tonight. This is amazing. I'm I all for Rodsey's reimagined yes. triangle shirtwaist factory scenario. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I totally, I do. I want to, I want to echo what you were saying. Um, in that, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think that we're, I think that what we want to do is you're right. Give the mic. Like we don't want to pretend like there aren't, immigrant women, that there aren't black women, that there aren't trans women, that there aren't queer women, that there aren't women of size, that there aren't homeless women, that there aren't incarcerated women, that there aren't like mentally ill women who are making music. They are. Mm -hmm. But you're right that like, who is influencing the culture? And can you influence the culture for any period of time if you're not documented? Mm -hmm. If your work's not documented, Mm -hmm. if it's not shared? And that's, I think, what we can offer is is a space to document the artistic work that's already heartfelt and being made and really translating those stories and to fit our services to the needs of that person. Because like we don't have a for-profit agenda. We don't need to worry about, okay, I need this person to tour like 45% of the year. Like for a single mom or a homeless person, that might not be something that's going to be feasible. But that doesn't mean their story or their music is less valuable. And so mm-hmm. I think that that's, that's our mission really is to find these stories that, to highlight and to give them voice in a way that's going to serve them outside of the mainstream thought of kind of, uh, Selena brought this to my attention, the the colonized practices of how we do things, um, how we frame artwork, how we frame music, how we frame, like, how you put out a single, how you get on the radio. All of this stuff has been sort of dictated and we just follow along with it. And that's, we've kind of freed ourselves up to be outside of that, to work outside of that. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're really looking forward to doing is not... I and mean, we're creating our own artwork, but like, there's a lot of great music being made out there that deserves to be heard, and we want to find the ways to have it heard in a way that serves the artist and is everyone going else. to get it. It serves yeah, everyone else. I, just really quickly, I don't want to take away from anybody else's time, but what Aaron is saying is so beautiful, and what I want to just like add to that is that if we broaden scope here and not make it only limited to the one guy who's worried about how much money he makes because as a businesswoman, I will tell you, the one thing that you go based on is like, what do I like, right? Mm-hmm. I like tall black guys, my boyfriend's white, <laughs> right, right? He's very tall and very white. <laughs> and here's the thing. Is he gonna that- listen to this? <laughs> yes, but here's the deal. Is that oh God, sometimes you have to expand people's Weltanschauung's meaning in German worldview <laughs> to what else is out there. And sometimes that shit is fucking awesome, like Indian food. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> on a Wednesday night <laughs> with my favorite women, right? And You're reading Indian food. And here's the deal: is when Can it's we like, make a song called "White Guys in Indian Food"? <laughs> yes, please. Because yes, I love them both. And here's the deal: is that like what Aaron just said just encompassed all of that, like in a very minute dose, which I'm so hoping that people really understand and not mm-hmm. just listen to, but understand what she said. Is that listen, listen, you've been given this one thing because this one guy's like, well, this is what I like, so this must mean that everybody likes it, and so I'm gonna invest in that thing that I like, mm-hmm. okay? Because that means it's gonna make me money because I like it, and that's my only judgment. Because I'm a businesswoman and I get it. You want to make money, so you go based on all the things that you think will bring you money. So, like, if you like this type of woman who sings this type of way or this kind of music that sounds this kind of way then you narrow it down and you have the money so you invest and give these people voices but what we are about is blowing that shit up and making it not a monopoly and letting the universe decide what really do people want Mm -hmm. and guess what really do people want all the goodness. <laughs> People want to write. All the goodness. Yeah. It don't matter what you look like. It don't matter what you sound like. Because guess what? There is a ton of people that want to hear you who relate to you. And guess what? It is all very marketable and all very necessary. You just have to find the market. Yeah. And you have to find the market and be willing to invest in that. Because the truth is that just because you specifically like this thing doesn't mean that... I mean... For the longest time, Hollywood and everybody has only been speaking to so much. How much money did Black Panther make? A lot. I don't a know lot. It was a lot. <laughs> you know? Crazy Rich Asians. Apparently that made a lot. Like, yeah. dude, stop catering to the one guy that writes all the checks for the one company that lets everybody make movies. Mm-hmm. And you will yeah, see maybe. what the hell is going on. Do you enjoy it? Do you guys anticipate any special challenges with being a nonprofit? Yeah. um, I mean, I think that... So the benefit of being a nonprofit is that we can diversify our funding. And also the main thing is that we can remain mission-driven as opposed to relying on the whims of the market. Mm -hmm. Um, Because a lot of what Robsy's saying, a lot of that's actually self-fulfilling prophecy, where it's like, okay, well... We, we've done these studies that say that people only want to hear this percentage of female voices on the radio. But there are also studies that show that the human brain is very attuned to what we're accustomed to. So if you're accustomed to hearing male voices, you're going to prefer them. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a very circular sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think some of the... The scariest thing with that is that it's something that we're going to turn over to other people, um, and I don't, I don't know that that's a bad thing, but it's a challenge in that like I feel like all like founders of a nonprofit feel like oh this is our baby, but this is something that we've gone into with the idea that we will be turning it over, um, we'll be opening it up, we're opening it up already to pull people onto the board so that we have. A much more diverse board that's that's going to speak for the entire community and then I think that in the future it won't be us on the board mm-hmm. um, and, and that's that's a good thing that hopefully mm-hmm. this will be something that 
and we're passing on to other people, um, we're going to do great things with it. Yes. That will nice. be hard to let go of. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. So how can people get involved real quick? Yeah. So right now our main thing is that we're brand new and we're in the midst of a fundraising campaign, which is on Indiegogo. It's this could go boom exclamation point on Indiegogo. You can contribute there. And we, um, we also have, we have a document about um, ways to participate. We have uh, volunteer opportunities, board opportunities. We also have an allies board that we're starting, which is a non-governing board. Um, and we have an honorary board as well, so and a junior board. So we have a lot of opportunities. Lots of boards. Yeah, we have, <laughs> and we also want to hear from people. We want to hear, um, one of our initiatives is that we we see some gaps in our community. Um, one of those major gaps is that we don't see enough um, non-cis male uh, recording engineers. And we want to, and, and even live sound engineers uh, to a lesser extent, but, but still, um, we want to offer opportunities for people to receive training or pursue internships or work on our recordings um, through that process who want to become engineers. So that's that's the kind of thing that we're we're open to and we want to hear more ideas about about what people need in the community. Because like we said, like our our band feels very open and community oriented and um, so it's it's just natural that this also is sort of open. Mm-hmm. We wanna mm-hmm. we wanna hear people's ideas. We basically we wanna there's no point in like offering services and not understanding what people need. Mm-hmm. And that's actually um, because I know traditionally, because I'm I'm part of um, forums. I moderate forums for vinyl collectors, and record labels traditionally are vanity projects. Join there, looking for a legacy. But uh, by being a nonprofit, I think that we are really looking for this to have longevity. Mm-hmm. And as Erin mentioned. Um, we fully anticipate this being passed on. Um, I think what's important too is that as a record label, people just focus on the the output of the label in respects to um, albums, singles being released and represented. But I feel like we're more holistic than that because you can only have so many releases physically per year because yeah. we are going to be vinyl and digitally focused. But um, I think what's important to notice is that we're also um, looking to reach a broader audience. We have a mentor program um, that we're initiating. We have a monthly showcase that uh, we hope to represent a lot more uh, musicians and groups. What's the showcase? How can people look into that? Well, right now we're, I guess, roughly every third Third Fridays at Dewdrop, and it's going to switch to Saturday. It's going to switch to Saturdays, but also you. And like we mentioned, we want to pull in bands from the D.C. area as well as outside of the D.C. area. Exactly. Well, we have a we have a band coming in from Atlanta that I'm really Atlanta from that I'm really excited about. But there are a lot more opportunities to represent artists than simply just um, releasing music on the label, mm-hmm. which will be a very collaborative and intense process. And so you can only do so many of those projects per year but um there are so many ways that we can support artists that Mm -hmm. i think it's important to focus on yeah we're gonna look into offering kind of one-on-one um 
talks with people about putting out your own music, about properly releasing something through media and PR, about DIY booking, just things that we have us and other people around us who have experience and that we can offer sort of one-on-one mentorship with skill sharing um yeah skill sharing basically workshops like basically like none of this stuff is like things that we should hoard at all like this is literally the members of the 06 every single member of the 06 okay five women 06 don't get confused (laughs) not six women not 5-0 because 5-0 i don't know like 5-0 like let me know, like, <laughs> no, five women, oh, six, um, all of us have experienced, like, what it means to be in a band and everything like that, and I think, like, just to tag along what everybody's saying, we all have something to add in terms of educating other women or, 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 or other people, you know, that want to pick our brains about, like, what it means to go on tour and maybe promote a project or whatever on the road. Um, both nationally and internationally, we have stories. Talk to us. Um, An experience. Experience, right. Aggregate experience. Because, I mean, there is, like, to me, um, a very important role that you fill as somebody who plays music for other people, right? It's not always totally celebrated in the way that you're playing a sold-out Verizon Center or whatever, Sometimes you're just playing. You're not a always small doing that. <laughs> I try. <laughs> Hard times. Hard, Hard times. Hard times. But um, the point is, is that like sometimes you're just playing to a very small room of like twenty or thirty people, maybe. 100. I played a show to one person before. That's mm. same. Me too. And it, it was, was a awesome. Me too. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that one person sidebar. Is everybody that you <laughs> needed Wednesday. to play to that night? Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, that's true. Because they might take you into their house and feed you, bathe you, and then feed you again the next morning before you had to get to your next town on your tour. That's happened to all of us. And like, um, they become lifelong friends who not just teach you a lesson about just being like generous for that one night that they liked, like maybe one song you played or maybe none of the songs you played, but like, just cool people and um the point is that like we want to share stories not just ours but other Mm -hmm. women we know who've been through all kinds of things doing music that they can like educate other people coming up or maybe somebody who's looking to get into doing music or whatever like that um but we value the people that want to just share a little bit of themselves with other people. Mm-hmm. So, well, speaking of, yeah. no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was going to say, um, it, speaking of sharing, I was going to kind of wrap things up. Uh, I always pick the band's brains for just little tiny nuggets of wisdom you would have for other band members. But is there something you wanted to say before we... I just wanted to say, because um, Rob's had brought up valuing the stories of women, and I just wanted to tell you where the name This Kick Go Boom comes from. Oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> um so Selena and I were on tour with Fuzz Queen, and we we mostly sleep in the van. But this one night we got a hotel room, and, and we were able to catch up on Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> oh God! Which you know is uplifting because I gotta get so angry so I can be angry in the van the day. Um, but there was an episode where um, the people of Gilead had gone. 
they had sent representatives to Canada, which was free, to to open trade. And during the course of it, a packet of letters that were written by women entrapped in Gilead, which is just their personal stories. It's just their names and who they are and what happened to them is passed to people there. Um, and they're sitting around looking at them, reading them, feeling completely... This goes back to what I said about people not knowing where their power is. Mm-hmm. Um, they're feeling really powerless. They're feeling these stories are heartbreaking, but that they don't know what to do with them. And then one of the characters is like, I wish I wish we would have been given something else. I wish we would have been given something that could go boom. And a character who is a very traumatized character who hasn't spoken much says, picks up a letter and says, this could go boom. And um, the they release the letters and it, it closes down the talks and people believe the women's stories. And so it's really about those stories being documented and being believed and being shared and being heard and being valued and being seen. Um, for so much of our history, our written history, that hasn't been the case. And we, we want to change that. Well, that's great. And uh, yeah, I didn't know that there was such a, uh, you know, thought behind the name. So that's yeah. cool. <laughs> Um, well, all right. Uh, let's. I hate to switch after such a good story, but let's let's kind of get some nuggets of wisdom from you. Also, Era, do you wanna? Do, what's one hot tip you have for someone starting music or someone that's like you know, maybe just getting into this? I don't know. I'm still feeling what Aaron said. <laughs> um, I would say. I mean, because when I I'm probably the newest musician in the band. And I would say, uh, and I, I recently saw a thread where someone was saying that they were the only woman, they were re- relatively new, and they were the only woman, woman in a four-band lineup. And she was somewhat taken aback. And people were saying, you know, just don't accept those gigs. And there was another contingent that was saying, no, you have to take those gigs. And I would say, because I felt it myself, that you really don't know what you don't know. But the fact is that there are lots of, and this goes out to men and women, there are so many women on the music scene, so many at every level of decision-making. There are producers, there are engineers, there are artists who are doing artwork, there are uh, musicians of every caliber and expertise. And I think that we're at a time where You have to make a decision. Are you going to be deliberate about what you do? And this goes, this speaks to every aspect of your life. Are you going to decide that you want to work for parity? Or are you just going to sit back and do what's comfortable? And I think that that now is the time to, to take a stand and decide. And it's as simple as deciding that, yes, I've asked my three friends bands that happen to be all male (laughs) to join this lineup but I'd like to add diversity to it and to actually actively seek out uh, women or diverse voices Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's really important right now and that's what's so amazing about the climate in DC now I'm not going to act 
like it's special because again, uh, those that came before us were not anomalies. It, it, it takes a community. And, um, but I think it's really important now that people ask themselves, what am I doing to, uh, to make things better? And if that means reaching out to more diverse voices, then, then people have to make that extra effort. And I think that that's an effort that this could go boom is trying to. Mm-hmm. Um, Love that this can go very boom. Cool, very cool. Um, Selena, do you want to throw some your two cents in there? Yes, and I have exactly two cents because I've been planning it since. <laughs> <laughs> My phone didn't have notes on it. All right, so you've never done learning. I'm playing guitar for 15 years, and I'm still surprised by how much I don't know but how much I've learned just from playing music with other people and constantly surprising myself with what I'm capable of just once you find the right environment and the right people to play with, it's amazing. And then like keep challenging yourself uh, even when shit's scary. I still get stage fright all the damn time, all the time, but like playing with the 06, I feel so comfortable and playing with another band more than FM, another all-female band, like the environment's right. You just you feel so free to like let go and just actually be yourself and not you know be afraid and be a hermit and be scared all the time. <laughs> so there, yeah, that's all I got. Awesome, Erin. I have a lot of students. I teach music and I teach a lot of songwriting. Um, one thing I want to say to people who might want to pick up an instrument and play it is that I think that if you can get 10 minutes every day, yeah. that that's the shit right there. Like, mm-hmm. if you totally. wait all week and you practice an hour, it's not going to be worth as much as doing it every day because it's a muscle memory thing. And if you can just get 10 minutes a day, you could do, and you don't even have to do it all once. You could do five minutes and five minutes. You could do it in the bathroom. I want to take my guitar in the bathroom but maybe singing but yeah something something um it's it's a muscle memory thing so just keep it going and I I just want to say that I feel really inspired by my young um most of my songwriting students are girls who are in middle school um in high school and I just they have beautiful, wonderful, imaginative things to say. And I think that at whatever age you're at as a songwriter, that you have unique, fabulous, wonderful things to say. And in some ways, like, I look back on some of the people I was inspired by, like a lot of women in the 90s, and and I feel like part of it was powerful and part of it was a little bit of a I was sold a bill of goods a little bit on the cool girl thing Mm. where it's like you have to be an exception to the rule and you're one of the good ones and you're being one of the guys and you're writing about a certain kind of thing and I didn't feel free as a songwriter until I started really really like investing in and writing my own stories regardless of whether or not those were things that I had seen written about before and when I see students write about those kinds of things, this really deeply personal, moving, gorgeous 
perfect things. That, those are the songs that just shape me. And I think that a lot of us have those songs in us. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And then, Rob, do you want to take us home with some thoughts? I would love to take this home with some thoughts. <laughs> um, no, I'll make this fast, all right? Because every one of my bandmates just said something, like, epic that <laughs> I actually kind of want to touch on. But, like, I'm not Obama. I'm not going to write, like, an 80-minute speech on it, all right? But we do have to remember one thing, all right? As a drummer, I hit shit. <laughs> <laughs> I remember and like, so true. No, seriously, true. like, hit it, Robs. I do, and like, to become somebody who just like kind of hits stuff with friends and like makes music and all that stuff, I had to be loud and noisy and annoying. <laughs> and for that reason, I have to remind us of one thing we are nothing but torchbearers of those who simply made things fucking loud and annoying just to make a difference because you know what? We're a little weaker than you. We're in chains. What the fuck? I just want to have a fucking pancake, man. <laughs> I'm a little darker than you. Whatever. I just want a fucking pancake in Silver Spring. Why are you throwing a brick through glass so I can have a pancake with my friend? We may be ugly, but me and you, we have the music. You may be ugly, but me and you, we have the music. We may be ugly. Like, honestly, I laugh because I say that we are only happy when we are happy with other people who are happy with us. And when you create a society that's like, let me separate you, let me divide you, let me make you all uncomfortable, blah, 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 here's all the noise for you to be distracted by. Fuck you. We're the noisemakers, not you. We are. That's what we do. We have amplifiers. What do you have? Fires. I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. I absorb vitamin D. <laughs> and I don't burn when I do it. I don't burn when I do it. Just something we can all be jealous of. <laughs> no, it's not something you can be jealous of. It's Preach. something you could just simply rub <laughs> and feel the softness. I feel like some people have fires, we have amplifiers. You just wrote like a new range. I know, that's beautiful. Song. I'm <laughs> writing it down in my notes. <laughs> no, but seriously, I just want people to remember something. No ground is more comfortable than common ground common oh. ground and that is what Bob, that is what Bob Marley like wrote about that is what Martin Luther King got shot in the face for that is what like I don't know like Malcolm X also got shot in the face for kind of because when he stopped saying I'm angry and black then all of a sudden he got shot in the face when you stop being angry and start loving everyone is when well when you, you get won't shot get shot in the face. face. I know. See, that's you that's won't get shot in the face. I, 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 but here's <laughs> the difference: is that like we live in a new society where there is real power to that. Not okay. Those dudes bled and died for it, but now let's take the torch and let's make some rock and music and let's just let's just like let's rebuild this thing. You know what I mean? Like the people who had to die did. You know the Jesuses and everything. The martyrs, like they they happened. Like common ground is like. Like, if I, if I get struck by lightning tomorrow, I just want everybody to know this about me. Like, I don't care what color you are. You know, like I said, I was looking for a dark dude, and I ended up with, like, a really light <laughs> one. Um, yeah. 
didn't mean for that. Um, no offense to the whites out there. I just... It just that was really hot. Roxy, can I just take this moment to say I fucking love you? <laughs> this podcast brought to you by wine. <laughs> I fucking love you guys. I'm oh, so sorry. I'm gonna have to tighten it up. I end it. End it. It's fine. It's fine. I just want to totally you have a final thought. That I, that. <laughs> yeah. six is taken. Final the thought. Love one another. <laughs> love one another and it, it, all right Roxy, we'll I, leave it wanted, up. I wanted to add to one thing that you said and that's that you were talking about the people who gave up their lives for tearing certain mm-hmm. things down that needed to be torn down and i think that there is a cycle of necessary destruction and necessary like growth and birth and rebuilding and i feel like part of what we're doing is building on a tradition of what has been necessary destruction and we're the little tiny bud that's like we're gonna grow. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. We're gonna grow something out of this. Yeah. With the rose through the concrete. Rose through the concrete. Well, I hope you guys do see a lot of growth, and I hope that the uh, this could go boom also grows, and I hope people participate. And thank you so much for your time. This was thank so much you. fun. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks so much.